Mic check, mic check, one, two. What is up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Locker Room Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Lister, and today we have a very special guest, women's hockey player Lily Hartnell. Lily, how are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to be a part of this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this. Lily, just briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Um, so I'm Lily Hartnell. I'm a freshman on St. Ainsley College women's ice hockey team I'm from Tampa, Florida, and I'm a forward. I'm undeclared, so don't really know what I'm doing in school yet. That's how it is sometimes, but uh, <laughs> let's just get right into it. So you started playing hockey later in your childhood when you were 13. How were you introduced to hockey? Um, so my dad and my uncle both played Ohio State, and it was just kind of all that side of the family never really got into it. it was more like soccer gymnastics heavy and then we moved to Chicago when the cups were um going on their roll and then also the Blackhawks so I just got really into the sport with the city and that's when I was like okay I think I can probably keep going with this and do something with it mm-hmm, for sure so you brought up your dad was a hockey player at Ohio State how did he influence your hockey career and how did he develop your competitive nature as a college athlete? He was definitely excited because I'm the youngest of four girls. He never really got a boy, so he was really into it. Um, did a lot of um, off-ice training with me and helped me just calm myself mentally and like get more competitive and de- definitely taught me a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm really thankful that I had that. So hockey, to say the least, isn't the most common women's sport being played. What makes women's hockey unique compared to other sports for you? I think it's something that people take for granted. Like, I always get asked, oh, do you, I'm like, oh, I play hockey. And they're like, field hockey? I'm like, no, ice hockey. Um, It's something really amazing, I think it's underestimated like right now we have the NCAA championships going on and Mm -hmm. you know they're starting to get more people in the crowd and it's just a really unique culture and they say hockey world is small is really small it's really has grown for women I think it used to be only 16 teams now they're getting 21 in the championships but I love it I think it's just something that we're like a badge of honor it's super cool to do and I love it for sure what do you think has been developing the size of women's hockey I think honestly for me I think it was the all-star games that they were doing in the NHL Mm -hmm. you know they had Hillary Knight go they had Kendall Coyne set records for her lap speed and I just think that uh, little girls are watching it and they're seeing their other older brothers play or their dads or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's something cool. It's something everyone can do. So for sure. So who was your biggest inspiration when it came to hockey? <sighs> I wish I could keep this confidential. It's probably my dad. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a harsh one to admit, but fair. I know it's tough, but um, no, he was a great athlete all around just him and my uncle um they both really they lettered um all four years at Ohio State my dad um went on to play a little bit in the east coast but um never went to the NHL um but just dominant and powerful and like really cared about the sport not just something to do for fun or 
just get pre-college but he actually loved the sport and it's just Mm. awesome to see that I get to do that now for sure what is your favorite thing about hockey and what do you find most challenging my favorite thing is probably just the competitiveness I like that everyone on our team just has a drive to want to win Mm -hmm. it's not just oh let's go play let's go get on the ice it's battling and like who wins it's like we all play games with each other throughout practice and at the game it's just dial in I love the the culture around it and I just think that my probably my favorite thing is just being on the ice every day I love practicing and like making myself that one percent better every day you know it's going to be ebbs and flows it's not just going to be good all the time you're going to have a bad practice or a bad day and that's okay but it's all about getting better. Do you think with like a smaller culture, like women's hockey, do you think a general consensus is that, you know, every female that's on the ice is playing harder than you would think people in maybe what could be considered larger sports like women's soccer. You guys play with that chip on your shoulder because you guys are a smaller sport and what you could debate a less appreciated sport. No, I totally agree. And I think that you know, there's a huge schools like University of Michigan, Michigan State, a lot of those Michigan schools that don't even have women's hockey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my sister's played college soccer, so I know that there's a lot of schools that carry women's soccer. And it's, you know, that's also a great culture. There's a lot of girls playing that sport. And we're just trying to get ice hockey like that because there's so many girls out there that go unrecruited. And a lot of them would love to be Division One or Division Three, And it's something that we can keep growing and I just think it's yeah it is actually sadly unappreciated but it's gonna it's gonna get more clout because of just how hard these athletes are working and how Mm -hmm. we all just want to win for sure so let's let's move up towards your high school experience what were your high school accomplishments and how did they affect your recruiting experience so starting off strong, like my first year of hockey, I played Penn's Elite, and um, that's a great AAA program. So it's out of Pittsburgh, out of the Cranberry Township rink where the Penguins practice. And um, my first season, I was able to go to the national championships. I think that year it was in Marlboro, Mass. So it was just a really crazy experience. We went pretty far. Um, a lot of girls on that team that went Division One. We have Ava McNaughton and Nat, who plays uh, going to play at University of Wisconsin. Same with Lainey Potter, also going to University of Wisconsin. Catherine Kramstoff is playing at Princeton. Um, just that was a great culture, a great group of girls that I got to play with for the next three years. And every single year, we were able to go to the national championships. And we all went pretty far, like always won our district. And, you know, just... It was an awesome experience, especially playing at the Penguins Arena. And my final year at the Pens, I did Excel Academy, which was at a North Catholic high school. Okay. So for that, it would be half a school day. And then you would go over to the rink in a bus. And then you'd skate for an hour and a half and then lift for an hour and a half. And then you would have your own team practices, which is, it's a heavy school day. (laughs) But um, it was awesome so it's boys and girls mixed there was a lot of guys that went pretty far a bunch in the OHL I think a couple in the WHL and um a lot of them I think are playing college and definitely some in the USHL as well but um it was that was really motivating um 
that because we had a great coaching staff. We had Brian Mueller as the head coach at the school, and he just there was no messing around. It wasn't just recess. It was serious. Mm-hmm. We were all there to get better. Um, after that, my parents um, had to move to Dallas for my dad's work. So then I played at uh, Dallas Stars Elite, which was another AAA program, which was really amazing, um, under Mike Salekin, who was my head coach, and John Staples, um, probably hands down the best coach I've ever had. Um, he believed in me. He was probably one of the first coaches that truly believed that I could go to Division One, and he helped me get here. Um, we had a bunch of really good girls on that team, too. Uh, Victoria Petruska going to LIU. Uh, Lily Martinson, she's there going into her third year at Providence. Um, just also a lot of really good girls. That team culture is what really made me feel like I could go and add things to Division One, We just all really loved each other, and we did lose in the quarterfinals on Nationals and OT, but it was like none other. Loved those girls all day. Never would change it. And then my final year, I played at Bell Tire AAA, which was in um, Detroit, Michigan. So I billeted up there, which is just living like in another home. I lived with my coach, Hannah Watts, who played at um, – St. Cloud State, she, captain, she was a captain there. And um, that was that was a really good experience as well. That was my first time um, truly living away from home without any parents. So I was living with my coach and with Avery Anderson, who plays at Northeastern. And we just really, we were a bunch of gritty girls that just no one really believed in. We're kind of the underdogs and we did really well, didn't make it to nationals that year. Um, we had to go against Little Caesars, which is, they were reigning number one champions for the past three years. They had a really good program going for them, but we just kept fighting and it was awesome. Um, we had a bunch of really good girls. We had Sydney Bryant, she's going to St. Cloud, and um, Sydney Antonakis going. She was at Sacred Heart, so she was also in the new hall with me. Uh, Alyssa Antonakis at Northeastern, and then Jillian Petruno also at uh, Sacred Heart. So all around just, it's crazy how small they say the hockey world is, let alone the women's hockey world. For sure. You play the same girls for the whole your whole entire life. Like I'm playing against girls that I was on the team with, playing against girls that I had to play against for districts or for nationals all the time. Um, That was, it really builds character having to play against the same people because you get to know them, you get to know their skill. Um, It was, I wouldn't change it. Triple A girls tier one is awesome. So you brought up like how small the women's hockey world is. How does that really affect the culture of women's hockey? Um, You definitely get a reputation. Um, you, you know, girls can be, um, a lot, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) and things do spread like wildfire and it does get back to college coaches. There's a lot of instances of really good players that just weren't able to go and, um, play division one because of attitude problems or things that have went wrong for them along their career. Um, but 
it's all about just being a good person and mm-hmm. you know being a good teammate and people will recognize that along the skill and you'll like get where you need to go for sure yeah no doubt about it so when did you decide to get your recruiting process started um I started with my recruiting process my sophomore year of high school um first two years me and my dad just like having fun with it um being competitive but Mm-hmm. you know not seriously looking we didn't know that a lot of times when schools emailed you about camps they were interested in you so um that was a hard lesson to learn for sure <laughs> <laughs> um but I definitely got a lot of help from my dad writing emails um telling them my schedule for games and just telling them a bit about me and definitely GPA mm-hmm. that's a huge thing that girls pass up and definitely guys for the NCAA programs because probably you're missing or I guess hockey gets a smaller percentage of scholarships compared to most other sports and I bet for women's it would have to be even smaller so how important is that GPA when it comes to playing at the collegiate level it's definitely that edge you have to have like um when they say it's student athlete not athlete student they mean it um you just have to try in school it's I know it's hard like when you're traveling 24-7 because not all your tournaments are just going to be for sure a lot of them are in Canada or we had a couple in California so it's that balance you have to study it's it actually did prepare me for college because I couldn't just mess around with my grades I had to think and try (laughs) for sure no doubt about it so at what moment did you realize you could play at the next level I think it was my second year at Pennsylvania um, going in, and I had a great coach, um, Kobina Walkland, who played at RMU, and her wife, Chelsea Walkland, who um, also played at RMU and coaches at Colgate and also coached the USA um, women's national team. Um, she really pushed me. She wanted me to get my recruiting process up and running. She wanted me to do everything that I could to get to that next level. She knew that I could do it and she would push me and she would be honest with me. She Sometimes she'd have to get up in my face and not be nice, but definitely needed that <laughs> in some games. Um, but that was when I really started to reach out heavy um, to schools and started to get some uh, buzz back and it just motivated me to keep wanting to build on my gameplay and you know just keep practicing every day for sure so were you always looking to play at the division one level or when it came to contacting coaches were you trying to go any level you could play at um I mostly contacted division one schools but I was interested in um Bowdoin and Middlebury just because of their amazing reputations Mm -hmm. for the college and and university themselves so um but no more so um division one because that was the dream of mine so who was your biggest help when it came to recruiting um I would say Mike Salekin um from Dallas Stars he um helped me build a pyramid of things that I needed to do to get division one and the levels of schools go up each time and I would write these letters and he would give me a format 
of how to write the letters every weekend. And he would say, oh, talk about this or talk about that. And then he helped me also make a video, um, like a highlight reel that I would send out as well. And then um, I also had like another video with all my coaches um, from like skills or like different programs that I played at and just talking about me like as a person and as a player. Um, he definitely helped me when COVID happened. Definitely hit our 03 class the hardest. Um, so it was hard to get back out there, but I just really had to listen to him and take his advice, even if it wasn't nice sometimes. <laughs> How important is that email formatting when it comes to re- reaching out to college coaches? They definitely want to see that you're mature and that you are reaching out. Um, they want to know your GPA. They want to know your grad. They know want to know about yourself. They want to know that it wasn't just something that you wrote on the bus or you wrote in class. It has to be something well thought out and you have to get the coach's name right and send it to the right coach. You can't just copy and paste. Um, I'd say it's pretty important. I think um, it, that's another thing. You just have to get that edge because once you have that tier one AAA level, a lot of the girls are neck and neck. It's just fighting for that extra edge. Right. So how big of an effect was COVID when it came to recruiting or even just playing at the AAA level? Oh, it was really bad. <laughs> but um, I know it was bad for everyone, but um, definitely that those couple of months and years was tough. Um, so when COVID was announced, I was in Excel Academy and everything stopped because we were at the Penn's um, organization rank and they shut everything down because the NHL mandated it. I wasn't allowed to step foot in a rank. I wasn't allowed to go get my stuff at first. It was crazy. No one knew what was going on. Like we all did. So um, all I could do was really just go grab my stuff when I was allowed to, and then just shoot pucks in the garage. Or I lived off um, a big trail called Montclair Trail in um, Pittsburgh and just bike or run it every day, just fighting for that edge, still emailing, still telling them what you're doing. Um, And then after that, that was when my dad decided to take a new job with Dallas. And um, there was masks everywhere. A lot of tournaments got canceled. Um, Stony Creek in um, Ontario, one of the biggest recruiting tournaments got canceled. That was that was a rough one. Um, a lot of girls go there. They have a great weekend, and a lot of them get more looks, or they do get committed after that weekend. So um, after that, uh, just got in with uh, Mike Selkin. He was he was ready to go. He was talking to a lot of coaches. He's a great reference point to all these coaches and. Um, he was like, it's okay. We're going to get through it and we're going to figure out a way to get you D1. So. so you brought up like the importance of all these tournaments that got canceled. From your perspective, how important is AAA hockey when it comes to connecting you to college coaches? Definitely, I would say that Tier 1 AAA hockey that you're playing in the U.S. is huge. Um, I know that... A lot of us um, were able to go to this one just because we were playing at this level. Um, but um, I think when you go and play prep school, it's different because you are doing both. 
usually. You're playing the AAA and you're playing prep school. So you're double rostering, basically. And I think AAA is what gives you the edge. Prep school is more um, just getting you those extra games that help you out. Um, And um, I know the Canada League, they also had a rough time with COVID, but they do get a lot of looks, which is great. So it's that high-level hockey that really just ties you into the next level, which is college. For sure. So you held offers from St. Anselm, uh, UMaine, Brown, RIT, and then you had interest from Sacred Heart. How hard of a decision was it to make? It was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of things weigh down. It weighs down on the school, um, what you think you want to do with your life after hockey because we don't have NHL or anything after this. Um, uh, and then it comes down to coaching and it comes down to location. The biggest thing for me um, was the school. I wanted to um, look into politics and St. A's has a really good reputation with the politics. They have the um, New England uh, actually New Hampshire Institute of Politics on campus where a lot of debates are held and it just it really does help you when you're once again fighting in politics for um, a spot and another thing was being able to get um, my parents to come see me and um, be somewhere that they can come see me yeah no doubt about it the college decision is probably one of the hardest decisions we have to make in our lives especially as athletes coming from you I couldn't imagine you know the amount of stress that you had making that decision but with that being said let's move up towards college you just finished your freshman year what was your most proud moment from this past season um I think my most proud moment was probably not only like my first game getting in just getting the jitters out that was a feeling you'll never replicate. It was amazing. We were at Mercyhurst away, and it was just a really exciting game. And then another one was getting my first um, point with Claire Weber and Madison McCaffrey against St. Mike's in playoffs. So that was also a huge moment, just a lot of fun, the playoffs. Just another thing, like the first game jitters, you can't replicate it. It's Mm -hmm. a different level. Everyone's fighting everyone's spot it doesn't matter the rankings anymore any given Sunday so that was awesome for sure so what are you looking forward to most in the next three years um the next three years I'm just really excited to um help our team win more and the new hots it's a close battle not a lot of people give it the best rep um but you know we do get a bid now we give not a bid to the NCAAs um and we want to prove ourselves when we get there. We are very close last this past season, and we're not going to give up now. We're going to keep going, and um, we want to get there, and we don't just want to get there and say we got there. Congratulations. We want to get there, and we want to keep going from there. We want to build a culture, and we want to say, oh, she goes to CNA. She's on the women's ice hockey team. That's awesome. We want, we want girls – emailing nonstop wanting to be a part of us. Definitely. So what would you say are some unique challenges and opportunities that face women's hockey players compared to men's at the NCAA level? 
Ooh, this one's very easy. So um, I don't know if anyone knows this that's listening or if you know this, but for boys, you can play juniors up until I want to say 22. So that means you can start freshman year 22 to 23 years old. That's insane. Um, girls don't get that. Um, once you're done with AAA, you're done. You can take one postgrad year, then you're done. You have to go to NCAAs or um, you'll lose a year of eligibility. Um, without having that, you have to mature fast. You have to mature fast as a player and as a person and as a student. Um, there's no messing around. You're not a U19 anymore. And it's just, it's hard, but it's a wake-up call. And you just have to get going quick. You can't wait the first week of college to get everything ready, get your mindset down. But um, mm-hmm. that's definitely the biggest challenge is growing up quick. Definitely. Um, what do you see as the future of women's hockey, both at the college level and beyond? I think a big thing is that now we have another level after college. Um, it's not as advanced as the NHL. It's not near as much pay. Um, but it's definitely something. It's a start. So I think with that, um, it's not just the Olympics or going to play in Europe. It's now in the States and in Canada. So a lot of where the girls live. So I think that's a huge thing that a lot of fifth years that can't fifth year or um, seniors are going to start considering. It's a really cool experience. And I think a lot of girls are going to want to be a part of it. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but what do you think needs to happen in order for women's hockey to continue and grow and gain more recognition and support? I think a big thing is getting these big schools, um, women's ice hockey, think University of Michigan, Michigan State, we need um, Bowling Green, a lot of these big schools, none of, not Denver, Colorado College, UMass Lowell, UMass Amherst, um, they don't have women's hockey at all. They do have club, ACHA, but it's very different. It's, it's way more competitive at this level, and it's sad because I know they do have the money, they have amazing facilities, and girls that would be dying to go there like um kind of what happened in North Dakota they used to have a great women's program and they fell through but if we get girls in places there where a lot of students go crazy for college sports and especially in those huge rinks we could really make a difference and get more people get more teams into the championships and uh just bring a lot more girls in for sure. Obviously, you're a D1 athlete. What do you think is the b- biggest misconception about Division One athletes? Um, it's a tough one. We have very limited free time. <laughs> um, a lot of it, I think now people think like, oh, I'm D1. Like, let me just go sign an NLI deal or just or an NIL bill or something like that, and just be like. Libby Dune or whatever, but it's really hard. I don't even know how a lot of those people juggle it. Um, We have to go class to class to practice or morning practice, then 
class and then you try to want you want to try to fit in an extra workout or do something for yourself and that's hard a lot of the times you don't get to do that you don't get a lot of personal time especially like I live in a room with three other people so it's tough definitely need to figure that out one out (laughs) (laughs) no kidding so you kind of touched on it but what's the hardest part about being a division one athlete I think the hardest part is balance you especially as a freshman you don't want to freak out and be like oh I have to go see everything at once and you know, go do everything the first semester, the first week, first month, um, or even the first year. Like, there's a lot of things I haven't done. Um, but I think it's all about balance. You have to stick to your school. You have to study. You have to go to class. You can't just say, like, oh, I'm tired. I'm sore. I'm sick. I can't go to class. Um, it's all about that and not, you know, getting sucked in the party life or all the drama that comes with being an athlete and stay out of it just be the best you and balance everything that you can and if it gets overwhelming take a mental break do something for yourself and for your body and then Mm -hmm. get back to it from me talking to athletes of all levels you know division three to division one female or male the biggest thing that comes with that is balance and it doesn't matter like what level like and what sport you're playing at the hardest thing is to maintain has been balance from everyone I've talked to and as far as like misconception goes like division one athletes like from the people I've talked to have said like our misconception is you know we have it all and yeah you know we don't have to deal with whatever so I mean you reiterating that just you know once again proves the point is like it doesn't matter what level you're playing at is the fact of the matter is is as you know young young adults you know us being you know not anywhere from 18 to you know 23 ish we all have to deal with class and uh, like you said practice morning workouts extra workouts social life and all that so you know for anyone listening division one athletes do not have it all it's basically a full-time job for sure you know the price to pay of being a division one athlete but to be able to do something that such few people can do is a blessing in itself. Totally agree. Totally agree. Moving on, what is the best advice you can give any female athletes looking to play in college? This can be, you know, female hockey players or any female athlete in general. I would say don't ever say like it's impossible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I started really late. A lot of the girls on my team started five, two, they were in skates. Um, Don't say it's the end. You know, COVID happened. It wasn't the end. You just have to keep doing something every day that's going to get you better. You know, like getting up at 5 a.m. and doing sprints and thinking to yourself, you know, who else is going to do this? Who's doing this right now? That's in my competition. Who's doing this? Who's doing the extra schoolwork and you know, getting the best grade in the class, who's doing that. It's with everything's a competition now and it's the best of the best. You're fighting for the one or two spots now because we have fifth and sixth years. It's getting harder. So you just have to be better. How much did those, you know, fifth and sixth years with their extra years of eligibility affect, I guess, the playing pool of women's players at the division one level? Especially for me, because when that whole COVID thing was going on, um, in recruiting as um someone wants to go play division one um 
coaches aren't going to take a recruit over someone they've had for four years. That's just how it is. They have the trust, they have the equity. So um, you just have to, you know, look at school, see who's fifth yearing, who's not fifth yearing. And now with the transfer portal and everything, um, you never really know where girls are going to go. So it doesn't hurt to reach out. But um, I would just say, see, that's just another thing. It's getting harder. It's not getting any easier. Yeah, no doubt about it. So finally, what's next for you when you're done playing hockey? Ooh, I think that's the hardest question all day. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm undeclared. Um, if given the opportunity, I would love to fifth year. Um, I don't want to stop playing hockey. So um, I'm just going to make the best of the next three years and uh, go from there. This is always one of the most important topics we talk about. And for me to, you know, my audience, whatever, you know, level you're playing at, sports aren't forever. Not everyone gets to go play pro. Not everyone gets to go, you know, play sports after college at a high level. So it's always key to consider what's next. And even Lily here is an undeclared major. No one really knows. I mean, I'm undeclared too. I don't know what exactly what I'm doing. That's for the next three years for me to figure out. But point is, sports aren't forever. Figure out what you want to do with your life when your playing days are over, whether it's your involvement within your sport, which you know brings me to ask you, do you plan on trying to involve yourself in women's hockey when you're done playing? I would love to. Um, I do like coach little kids um, in the summer, but, you know, it's tough. There's not a lot of high paying jobs that are sustainable for lifestyle um, in women's ice hockey. So um, I would love to help out wherever I could with like a triple A team or something like that, just for fun and just help girls out. Um, But you know what, for now, I'm just gonna keep them enjoying the process and see where it takes me. Lily Hartnell doing it for the culture, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But with that being said, this concludes our episode. Lily, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this. Much appreciated. So glad to have you on here. You gave some great insight, not only to women's hockey, but, you know, the underappreciation of women's college sports. With that being said, Lily, sign us off. I'm Lily Hartnell, and this is The Locker Room, where sports unite us and stories that inspire us. Thank you so much for listening and uh, enjoying the process. (laughs) Peace.